Hey guys, you're about to listen to an episode of The Tailgate presented by Cambria, family-owned and American-made. Cambria is proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. Learn more and get inspired at cambriausa.com. Fun episode, everybody. Playoff episode. Uh, I went with a Minnesota-based guest this week, incredible comedian, uh, Brian Miller. Uh, you've seen him on The Late Late Show on CBS. He's fantastic. Diehard Viking fans. I, I didn't want anything adversarial this week. Weird season, fun season, hard-fought season. I just wanted to spend this week enjoying it with somebody else who loved the team. And I think you guys are going to love it as well. Please, if you like the show, uh, make sure you subscribe to it and uh, leave us a rating and review. It really helps. I don't know what time it is. What's up, Viking fans? Welcome to the tailgate presented by Cambria. Your Minnesota Vikings are in the playoffs. They are hosting. They are. We are. How should I separate it? I am too emotionally connected. I'm going with we. We are hosting the New York Giants at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday and joining me. Uh, normally, this is an opposition show. We bring on a guest of the other team and we have fun. It's playoff time. I, do, I don't want to do it. We've, I've already talked to a Giants fan. I don't want to do I want to be hopeful and insane with somebody who understands a Viking fan psychology. Uh, so I got a comedian that I came up with. Incredibly funny. He's been on uh, the Late Late Show on CBS. One of my favorites. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Miller and Brian, you and I have experienced this football season together. Yes, we have. We have not like holding hands exactly, but like, but but holding texts. I think we were emotion. We've been emotionally holding hands this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been some support. There's been some support. It's been yeah. It's been one of those things where both. It's like talking someone through a relationship where you're like, no, I think you should stick it out, and then they're like, they lost to the Cowboys by how much? Are you sure you should stick it out? And then the Patriots game happens. Like you, you, it's good thing you stuck it out. Uh, I, I don't know how to. I know we're gonna get into all things playoff related in this game. I'm a worrier and a psycho. You are. I think it's fair to say you're neurotic. Sure. A bit neurotic. How have you experienced this absurd season? Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm, I'm a very uh, passionate sports fan, but I'm I'm not one of those people who's like weak or even day is ruined by a bad game or anything. Agreed. Yep. I, I really carry on the rest of my life like a pretty normal person with just a, a strong interest in the game. The thing is, from the moment that the first kick is kicked until the last second is kicked off, I basically have to chain myself to a radiator like the Wolfman because <laughs> I completely go insane to the point that we were going to watch the Packers game at my in-laws with my whole family. And my wife said before we left, she's like, hey, just the thought, like, we're going to be with my whole family, maybe tone it down a little bit with the game. <laughs> And I was like, oh, come on. And then she just ran through some of the elaborate profanities that I had yelled at the TV the week before, uh, and, which would definitely get us all canceled from the radio and the planet Earth. And I was like, oh, 
yeah, maybe I shouldn't yell that series of words every time Justin Jefferson makes a good catch when I, 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 I was, I taunt the other team. Like I do a lot of trash talking to the other team through the TV. <laughs> so that's, and so, you know, especially when Jefferson's hot or whatever, I'm, it's as though I'm standing over the carcass of some like exposed cornerback screaming in his face. And my, my, my wife will leave the house. My cats will go upstairs. It's, I have to be careful about it. You know, I have to sequester myself. I am very, I liked what you said about it not ruining your day. What I've always said for me, the Vikings and sports can make my day. Yeah. They can make my week. They can improve my existence by a ton, but they can only negatively affect it by a little bit. Like I'm going to be sad if they lose in the playoffs. You know, I'm going to be sad. I'm going to be disappointed. But I'm I think that's the healthy thing. You move on. I think you got to put yourself in a position where sports can can improve everything, but only hurt it, you know, a little bit for a little while. You know, if, if, if you weren't disappointed and you weren't sad, you know. Why are you watching? Like, I I don't think you can't not be sad. Yeah. Is that did I did I use too many negatives there? Can't sure can't <laughs> not unbe sad. None line with a circle through it. I'm from Kentucky originally, so that sentence made perfect sense to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I think as a, that is a thing that being a Vikings fan has actually taught me because I I do think there was a time that I would maybe carry it over for a day or two. Uh, a couple of particular playoff losses really, <laughs> really haunted me. And to the point where I was like, I, I can't let this happen. You know, you got to shake it off. And I, I will admit, though, I do think there is a little element where when you guard yourself a little bit, as in life and romance and everything, you don't quite have the raw high that you get when you are just like a maniac who's totally invested. But I don't. You know, as, as I get older, I, I don't know that being that maniac is the best idea. We both came up at Acme, one of the great clubs in America. And Lewis Lee, the the most important person to me in my, can I say comedy journey? Is that corny enough? He sure. is he is, uh, he is the most important person to me in my career, what he's done. I, I appreciate him a lot. But one thing he does do is... <laughs> He knows how to prey on the emotions of a sports fan. And he found early, young Cy, the the MC, when I was an MC, just a just a dumb young comic, he recognized my emotional connection to this football team and he preyed on it. He would make so he liked to make bets, but not financially. To him it was about, you know, I, I want something large, like something different than money on the line. And the first bet I entered with him was as the Vikings were making their run in 09, I thought they were going to make it to the Super Bowl. And he just goaded me and goaded me and goaded me. And finally, I agreed to a bet that at the time, <laughs> I believe what I had to do if the Vikings lost. I had to dress in an Aaron Rodgers jersey and let them film me doing something outrageous, which I ended up losing, and he did. He played it at my shows in yeah. front of my family. Uh, but if he lost, and Lewis is a is a private, he doesn't like to be the star of the show. He's in the background. He has no interest in everybody looking at him. Uh, he was going to have to introduce me with an intro that I wrote. And so... 
I was so heavily invested in that 09 championship game. <laughs> and I what I didn't foresee is I was like, oh yeah, Lewis has my cell phone number. And so as Adrian Peterson would fumble oh. or as things would go wrong, as I was riding the, 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 the emotions of this game, I would be getting texts from him. And so when my heart broke, there was <laughs> Lewis with just this jab at the end. And that was like, that was different. Not only was it, oh my gosh, I thought we were going to go to the Super Bowl and then Brett Favre threw an interception. Bzz, bzz, look at my phone. Uh, like it was just, <laughs> it was this weird double whammy. Well, I can't even imagine because that 09 Brett Favre interception was one of the two moments that did kind of ruin like 48 to 72 hours for me. You know, yeah. uh, I, I was really heartbroken over that one. But also I have participated in a couple of your lost bets. In fact, I believe I was a member of the gambling intervention that we did. Yes, um, I've, I've, I've lost consecutive, uh, in, you know, non-money bets to Lewis Lee. And one of them was that I had to... This one was the worst. He, because he basically he was developing a mini documentary about me, uh -huh. as what I believe was happening. Every time I would lose, there was always a cameraman around. And so the third <laughs> one was, if I lost, uh, I had to let someone throw an intervention for me, a gambling intervention for me, on Acme's stage during the most popular show of the week, the open mic, and then he got to videotape me going and meeting with a counselor. It was he got to he got to hire a counselor and videotape the whole thing. And yeah, you were part of the onstage intervention. I think you were one of the people who read the letter. I was. And uh, this year he has Tommy Ryman locked into a bet. And if the Vikings don't win the Super Bowl, oh, I Tommy. Am, I know, right? Tommy. I mean, I'm hopeful. I'm rooting for Tommy. But for come all of on, us, Tommy. Rooting. But if they do not win the Super Bowl, our good friend comedian Tommy Ryman has to read a three-minute apology letter that I personally write with our friend Nate Abshire. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yeah, that is that is outrageous. I I have, I am at the point where I know well enough. I've learned my lesson, and I'm not saying I'm done getting sucked into his nonsense, <laughs> but I I'm gonna pick and choose my risks against him in the future because it's 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 really it's really tough when it goes the wrong way and i never have the bets when it when you would want it like the minnesota miracle year which was mm -hmm. not a year that we thought we would get to that record it's not a year you know we we were we overachieved that season and i it wasn't involved with him in any way shape or form that year so i missed out on what would have been one of the great moments in and defeating him because that's the other thing about lewis famously famously never lost one of these bets with his with his staff his staff is filled with sports fans and his comedian sports he's famously never lost one of these yeah no and uh i i he knows that i've told him i i, I shall not bet because i know what happens i've seen it too many times but i will participate in the humiliation of others who lose the bet so i, I get some fun out of it minneapolis miracle by the way oh man I uh, the, I learned a very important lesson of that because I didn't see it. 
Okay. I don't know if you know this. I never saw, well, I've seen it now a million times on my phone. Are you one of the guys who shut it off? I threw my remote control across the room and it broke. And when the broken remote, when the, when the remote control hit the wall, the TV turned off and I was like, yeah, we're done. And I just walked away from my broken remote control. But then I went on, but then because I was so mad, I wouldn't go online. And I was like, just get Zen. And I went back into my calm place and I like made dinner and then I went to bed and I woke up the next day and I checked my phone and I kept seeing on Twitter, uh, all these things. I was like, why are people being so mean? We lost. Why do they have to pretend that we won? And it took me a few minutes to realize, oh my God, we won. So I didn't know the Vikings won for a full 12 hours after that. Oh, that is. I lived in the loss for like 12 hours and then had this weird happiness, but like delayed echo. Like I know, and, and I didn't see the play in the moment. But it did teach me the valuable lesson because when in the Buffalo game, when they were down 33 to zero, I was supposed to go Christmas shopping. And I said to my wife, no, we got to keep watching. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until I see what happens. And then lo and behold, you know, an hour and a half later, Josh Allen fumbles in the end zone. And I was dancing around where the, the former gravesite of my remote control. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. That's the reason you you don't you can't have the Minnesota miracle happen and then turn off the, for example, the Colts game. You just yeah, right. have to stick it out just in case. And maybe in this or the Colts, not year, the Buffalo game, the Colts game. Yeah, the Colts game. I didn't turn off the Buffalo game. I never now because Buff, miracle, Buffalo game was similar, though. If, if you had the, never yes. had the Colts game happen because Josh Allen did fumble in the end zone. That was why there was a moment in that game where. They are such a good team, and we were in a situation where I think there are people who are like, no, thank you. There was a vi there was a real reason some people might have turned away from that game. Oh, sure. I mean, I mean, I, I was actually more surprised that they beat Buffalo than I was that they came back at halftime from 33 to nothing to the Colts, basically. Like, I... I I still the Buffalo game was almost more miraculous, but but I now because of the miracle I, that did now I never I never really do give up. That was like a lesson of like, and I didn't even entirely mean to give up, but it seemed like when the TV turned off as the remote hit the wall, I was like, okay, <laughs> that that says enough. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before, but my nephew, my oldest nephew, left the Brett Favre to Greg Lewis. San Francisco touchdown. Really? He 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 left it. He heard it in the parking ramp. Oh. Which is a such a bummer. But in a fun full circle story, he he took his oldest son. It was his oldest son's first ever Viking game was the Colts comeback. Wow. So he missed one of the greatest regular season moments and then, you know, later on got to be a part of it. Uh here, let's talk about this uh, this game, Brian. Uh, I I have I like to th I'm not a football analyst. I'm not. I can't break down X's and O's, but I like to think that I often have a good read on this team going into this year. I was like, I generally feel like my skepticisms are warranted and my enthusiasm is warranted. Like I feel like I'm pretty close to some some good narratives when it comes to my favorite team this year i have no idea it has been so bananas and i and i have no idea going into this game i think i've spent all week going oh man i'm kind of really worried about this giants team who's already seen us on tape given the way we've struggled in the middle of games coming in here and if i was not a viking fan 
the Vikings are the obvious team you would pick to be upset in this round. And I mentioned that to someone who really knows football that I respect. And his first response was, they're going to crush them, dude. He goes, I just think they're going to. And I so and then I bought into that. So I don't know. I have no idea what to expect this weekend. I think it's amazing that we're playing meaningful playoff football at home and we should enjoy that given the last couple of years. I do think they're going to win. And I, I, I actually think they're going to win a not one score game. You know, I, I think they're going to win a convincing, thorough game. Um, I just I don't I, I think the Giants are much more troubled even than the Vikings. But this is the hardest to predict team. Yeah. I don't feel like there's any outcome that would shock me. Um, I, 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 I think there are worse teams that have won the Super Bowl than this Vikings team. It just depends on what streak they're on. That is, that is very, like, is literally, I'm going to take your sentence literally. Is there any outcome that could surprise you if they're like, hey, I don't know if you guys saw the end of the Vikings game, but a cat got on the field. <laughs> they had to delay the game. The cat gets taken off the field. On the next play, the Kirk Cousins throws an 80-yard touchdown with two seconds left. Cat celebrating in the end zone. It'll forever be called the kitten comeback. Like, there is no there is no amount of weirdness. Like, if our mascot suits up this weekend and runs for 228 <laughs> yards, like, you have to go pretty far off the beaten path to do something that would feel weird to people you know, in, in this, yeah, right. Like who's, who've lived this season. It's, I mean, the, the NFL season has been particularly bonkers this year, but I mean, like, I mean, a ref threw a block against one of our defenders yeah. and it was, here's and the, people forgot like, about that. That's not even yeah. a memorable moment. It, it's like ninth on the, and here's the, it was a really good block. Like if you go back and watch that, it was like a better block than some other, like I've seen kickers not do quite as well on, on runbacks, you know, trying to do play a little defense. Uh, you know, there's been so many bizarre things. I, I would argue that in any other season, Greg Joseph's 61-yard field goal would still be like a top three Minnesota Vikings news story. Like our famous, the famously troubled Vikings had a kicker who won a game on a 61-yarder, and it was like barely an eyebrow raiser for people. Yeah, and you think about, I, I've said, you know, a, a lot has been made of the statistical place where this defense exists. But have you ever seen anything in your life where despite statistical categories a defense has made more clutch stops like any number of the clutch stops at the end of the game like literally ripping the ball i can't remember who the who it was for the the bears but lit, was it oh was it was our old guy wasn't it uh in here smith or whatever. yeah yeah, yeah. In, smith marset smith, smith marset yeah that play alone would be a play like we had we had a really crazy defensive ending this year, but like the Washington game where they come across the center on the field goal and we get the ball again after the Harrison Smith interception, the interceptions against the Cardinals, like the end of the Buffalo. Like the the everybody talks about like the Buffalo Jefferson catch, but you pointed out like the the thing in the end zone. Even beyond that, intercepting Josh Allen in the other end zone, mm -hmm. the amount of crazy defensive stops, and I think that's what you like. If you are someone who's trying to buy into a Vikings run here, like a miracle run, let's not say miracle. I think that's a little underhanded with how well this team has done this year. But it would be impressive to win this game. And if everything holds chalk, go to San Francisco and win. Go to Green Bay or excuse me, Philadelphia and win. If you're somebody who's buying into that, 
you have to buy pretty big time on this defense having some more of these clutch moments in each of these next few games. You're going to need turnovers and you're need you're going to need to go I can't believe the defense did that at the end of the game. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, and I don't think it's uh, at all impossible. But uh, I think if the if the I think the Vikings can just win a, a pretty straightforward game this this week. Do I think the game will be straightforward? That is a different question. But I think they could win a regular straightforward. Oh look, we won by eleven, and it was kind of comfortable after halfway through the third quarter. I could totally see that happening. But after that, every round after that, I think they're going to be weird wins. Doesn't mean they're going to be deserved wins, right? But it's going to be weird turnover situations, big plays, clutch, like I said, clutch defensive plays, some long bombs. It's going to be, it's going to get weird. But I think there's something to be said about a team that's very successfully playing weird football. I think that, I think kind of like you don't, you'll bounces only go your way so often. All this stuff is like, I think they're, they're a really motivated, united team and they invite good, strange luck. I've said this, uh, you know, I'm repeating myself a lot on this show now, but locker rooms are weird places. I, you know, I've coached basketball. I've been in locker rooms and locker rooms start to believe their own history. And so if you I've seen teams that they go out and they really come through and win a couple of games right at the end, they play really well in the last couple of minutes. And all of a sudden they just have this mentality like it doesn't it's okay guys, relax. Six minutes to play. We're down eight. We've done this. We know how to do this. And they start believing it. The opposite is true. You know, I think we kind of saw that the last couple years where it's like, oh, no, here we go again. Uh, So I don't think you can I, I don't know how much you need to value it, but you certainly can't minimalize a team that has won that many one score games in that way. Now, if you go out and you wind up down 20, like in some of the blowout losses, you wind up down a bunch of points early. Yeah, there isn't much you can do in that situation. I'm not, I don't have huge expectations there. But if this, if you play good football and you're in games, this team, I truly believe they have the utmost belief in themselves. I don't know that they're going to get into the fourth quarter and it will be their nerves or their inexperience that will cost them. I agree. And, I, and you know, this is not one of my more popular theories, but, I, you know, Kirk has gotten uh, a lot of – he's gotten dinged by people at times by saying, oh, he plays well during garbage time, but whatever. But I've come to think that I don't think Kirk sees garbage time. I think he's a true never-give-up. He's just so steady and never-give-up-y. That, that like, he's like, there is no garbage time. And the only difference between garbage time and a miracle comeback is a slight twist of the score, you know, a couple of, you know, an onside kick goes this way or that way. So I, yeah, I do, I do think they, that, that I think he's a really, really impressively steady dude in, in a, in a strange way uh, who I just, I'm kind of in, I'm more fascinated by him every year. I kind of, I kind of get a little more into Kirk every year and uh, I, I can see him making strange magic. I, our producer Jay, we were talking about the weird ways this game can end. I just saw one of the comments he put into the thread that was like, "I said, you know, the kitten comeback." He goes, he said, "The next game we'll have the kitten come out on the field and he'll have chains on." <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah, the I the interesting thing, you know, there's a lot. A lot is made of Kirk. Uh, he's a, he's a big talking point. Uh, the one thing that is undeniable. Uh, and I don't know that that'll 
that it means it'll, that, that what I'm about to say will hold in the playoffs because nobody ex- – Michael Jordan misses shots, right? And I'm sure. certainly not saying Kirk Cousins is Michael Jordan. Leave me alone. <laughs> Stay out of my DMs. I was just using a pop culture reference. But what I was going to say, it's pretty undeniable that the man can handle a team in the fourth quarter. The last two years mm-hmm. – say whatever you want about all the years previous, but you have to get rid you, – you can't carry that forward. The last two years – Game on the line, fourth quarter, he has succeeded. Mm -hmm. And as a whole, honestly, on both sides of the ball, clutch moments in the fourth quarter, this team has succeeded. Interestingly, the defense has kind of succeeded in quarters one through three. Yeah. You know, the offense has really succeeded on opening drives and then in the end of game. So like, we're still floating in this area where we haven't really been consistent very often all the way through a game. I would love for what you're saying to happen, what you said earlier, where it's like, oh man, they like it happened. The Giants game, it all comes together. I'll take a win. I don't care how we get it. But God, wouldn't it be sweet to get the sort of win where it's like, man, that was we we are the better team, and there no one can question that. That would be a, that would be sweet. I'll take a win either way, but that would be sweet. Oh, I'll take the cat game win, by the way, and I'll put the chains on the cat. So I'm I'm fine with weird. I'll wins. put that cat in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'll adopt the cat <laughs> and raise it. I'll, I'll I'll put it through college. I don't care. <laughs> Give me the Super Bowl. I don't care how we. Get, people have said before. They're like people go. If you want to, I was rooting for the Packers or the Lions to get in because I thought, and maybe I'll be proven wrong, that they had a better chance of upsetting the Niners. Sure. And then, then we get a second, a home playoff in the second round, and you know, and I, has, I had people say like, "You want to be the best, you gotta beat the best." Pass. Mm, I, I'll no. beat the best if that's who I have to beat, but I don't care who I have to beat. I don't, I don't care. I want the Super Bowl. I want. I desperately need a Super Bowl, and I don't think Eli Manning is like, "Well, I just really wish in the divisional <laughs> round we would have played this team." Then my first Super Bowl would have been more meaningful. That's like Aaron Rodgers against the Bears and Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler went out in that that championship game. He's not like, it just doesn't mean as much. Jay wasn't out there the whole time. (laughs) I, 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 I totally agree. And also it's like, it's the playoffs. It's not, you know, this isn't one of those things where you have like a, a really weak schedule and you look back on it and you like played all cupcake teams. Like, there's not really cupcake teams left. And I, I mean, I would argue Seattle's the Seattle's the closest thing to that left in the NFC right now. And they're still not bad by any stretch. I, I'm just holding out hope that uh that the weirdness that can exist in divisional matchups. Like the Vikings did remember that was the Randy Moss moon game. The Vikings needed somebody, I believe to lose to back their way into that game. And then they went to Lambeau, a superior team and didn't beat them, thumped them. So there is some offensive firepower on the Seahawks team. Yeah. You know, they, they are a rallied team. So yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping that they go in there and something weird happens and we can beat the, the Giants and we get the Seahawks round two. That's very pipe dreamy of me. But I think we just need to, we're very ahead of ourselves. We just yeah. need to focus on this weekend. Brian Dayball's a hell of a coach. Uh, Saquon mm-hmm. Barkley is very good. I think 
with our O line out, you know, their D line, Kayvon Thibodeau, all these guys. It's, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really, really hard game. I, I hate to put you on the spot, but we do it every week. I'm gonna make you do a prediction for the game. Sure. Normally this is more fun because we're doing opposing predictions. Sure. Uh, but we'll both make a prediction for the game. What do you what do you think the score is gonna be? Vikings seventeen twenty eight. Ooh, that was very firm. That was very direct. So Vikings. 20, win. 28 17. Vikings win yeah. 28 17. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go Giants 10, uh, Vikings 185. <laughs> Brian, I sure care about you a lot. I love you, buddy. Thank you for doing the show. And uh, hopefully, uh, I will be texting you throughout the playoffs and not just in this one game. I hope it keeps going. Yes, Thank you, buddy. And I will watch to the end of this game, gosh darn it. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, man. Good later, dude. Thank you guys for joining us on this week's episode of The Tailgate. Remember, The Tailgate is presented by Cambria. Family-owned, American-made. Cambria is proud to be the official countertop of the Minnesota Vikings. Learn more. Get inspired at CambriaUSA.com.